Create Out Loud is brought to you by Anchor.fm. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So you can, yes, create out loud. It's free. They give you tools so you can record easily on your phone or your computer. They'll distribute the podcast for you. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Because yeah, I want you to create out loud. Hey, welcome back to Create Out Loud with me, Jen Loudon. On this show, we invite the world's most interesting, dynamic, and groundbreaking creatives to get vulnerable about their creative journey and to share the lessons they've learned along the way so that you too can have a deep and fulfilling creative life. This week, we're talking to the amazing, the dynamic, the incredible me. <laughs> yeah, it's time for another solo episode. Wee! This one is about one of my favorite concepts that I've ever learned, and I learned it from a student. I wrote about it a little bit in Why Bother, but I've expanded on it, and I'm talking about it from the perspective of a creative life. What are we waiting for? So why do we make it such a big deal when we stop working on our creative projects, when we leave the novel for six months or the painting or the sculpting or the dance or whatever it is of your creative disciplines. Why do we make it such a big deal? Why do we assume that writers and creators always work continuously without interruption? Now, I hate to pick on Stephen King because I figure he's probably actually a really charming guy that I'd love to have dinner with. Hi, hi, Mr. King. Would you like to have dinner? And I love how he trolls people on Twitter. (laughs) They're the same people I don't like. (laughs) But I think it's Stephen King's fault that we think we should work every day because he has made a very public point that he writes every day. And what I always lovingly point out is Stephen King is an addict. He has been sober for many decades, but an addict likes to replace his addiction or her addiction with something else. And this is a very positive thing. And if you're an addict, I have an addictive personality as well and I've struggled with things, and you've replaced it with creating great But that still doesn't mean that it's about perfection. It's about rigidity. And in fact, the science shows that when we have really rigid goals, I must write every day, I must paint every day, and then we stumble because we get sick or we're too tired when we come home from work, when we tend to be so much harder on ourselves and it gets much harder to pick up the paintbrush or go back to the story. And if we give ourselves clarity around when we're going to work with wiggle room, an example of that will be uh, four days out of seven, I will write for 20 minutes. Clear wiggle room. So yes, it's great to be consistent. I'm not saying it's not, but what are we being rigid about? Who are we comparing ourselves to? What are we assuming? If you've listened to any of my guests on this podcast, you've heard a lot of them talk about taking breaks from their work, both intentional and not. Guests have said they purposely took a break because they knew, for example, they couldn't write a business while raising a very young baby. They've given themselves permission not to work when they knew something else intense was going on in their life, like taking care of someone who was dying. And they've given themselves permission to find their next project, to wonder the world. 
to wonder their bookcases, if you will. They've given themselves permission to dream and listen. That's part of work too. We have such a productivity mindset, sometimes toxic productivity in the Western world, that if we're not actually generating work that other people can see or touch or taste, something is amiss, we're lazy, we're bad, we're not gonna get back to it. And that can become a really nasty inner voice. You often have to sequence your life with your creative work. You have to make hard choices. Life is very finite. We can create only a fraction of what we imagine or want in this lifetime. We have to make a lot of hard choices. Same thing with how we use the rest of our time. So here's a big idea that I have written about many times, including in my book, Why Bother, and taught in my different programs like my membership, Community of the Oasis. Always begin again. Listen to that word, always. It's not just begin again. Oh yeah, begin again, of course, I know that, Jen. Always begin again. This is from the Benedictine tradition and it was given to me by a student years ago, Ruth. Always begin again because it really acknowledges that we're gonna falter, we're gonna quit, we're gonna get lost, we're gonna get discouraged. Why do we have to make it such a big deal? I've learned in over 40 years of doing my creative work that I can put that story down. And therefore, I know that you can too. Put the story down that there is something the matter with you, with the work, with with the world because you quit, because you had to do something else, because you lost focus or energy and simply pick it up. Now, when I say simply, I'm not downplaying the fact that beginning again can be painful. It can be uncomfortable, meandering, slow, but normalize that too. Every stage of a project has a different flavor, a different pace, right? When we're beginning, it's slower, it's harder, we're squinting a lot, we can't work often for as long as periods of time. Embrace that, use it, don't expect it to be different. Normalize the need to sequence your projects. Normalize the need to leave a love project to go do a project for money. It doesn't mean be a victim of it. It doesn't mean just throw up your hands and say, well, I never get to do my work. There's always things to tweak. There's always awareness that we can bring to our patterns and habits. But when we're cruel, when we think we should be automatons, when we think that for whatever reason, taking a break from our work is a moral failure or creative indictment, we're just heaping on noise in the system that makes it so much harder to get back to it. And if we expect ourselves to just jump in and go, ta-da, I'm right up to speed, well, more of the same. Always begin again. Let beginning time be what it is. Now, I know that it's particularly difficult to always begin again when you've had a disappointment, when you've been rejected or fired or had a project really go south or released a project into the world and gotten crickets. I've had all of those things happen multiple times, multiple times. I've had far more failure than success. I mean, I've been lucky to have success, but I've had a lot, a lot of failure and a lot of heartbreak. And what I do know about that is the longer you wait to get back to what you care about, what you desire, the scarier it can get. So a couple of things I've tried is creating in another medium that is not for public consumption and is not the medium that you were disappointed or rejected in. So mine's often teaching, writing, speaking. Those are my big public ones. So I picked up making art. I call it making art messes, collaging, you know, multimedia, art journaling. And that nobody sees. It's for nobody but me. But it reminds me, yes, I love creativity. I believe in creativity. I believe in my own desire to create and that's what's most important that's what sustains us 
I'm going to interrupt myself to just say the thing that I see prevents people from writing in particular as a creative discipline is thinking they have to be consistent and if they're not consistent if they don't write every day then they've done something wrong and that's one of the ideas that I bust over and over again and give you completely fresh useful time-tested tools so that you can always begin again and so that you can write and come in and out of life in your writing in a whole new way in fact one of my students in right now told me that was one of the big takeaways from her as a young mother that she didn't need these giant stretches of time to write and that she could really learn to switch gears and drop into her writing for a few minutes, which doesn't mean sometimes we don't want a long swath of time to write and that can't be really wonderful, but most of us have a hard time doing that given our lives and given our attention spans. So right now is about teaching you to write joyfully and more easily in the midst of the life you have right now instead of waiting for that perfect life to begin again. We are enrolling new members now and starting soon. You can check it out at jenniferloudon.com forward slash write hyphen now. It's a transformational program about how you write, how you think about yourself as a writer, how you own your voice and your ideas. Love to have you. Go check it out. You also might find it less daunting to always begin again if you pick something smaller, a small, small project that you don't have to get any gatekeeper to agree to. Here's a Funny example, but what if you're an artist and you decided to make a beautiful chalk drawing someplace just to say, I can make, I can share, and nobody can stop me, and it will disappear with the weather. If you're a writer, maybe it's to write secret notes that are little poems and put them on post-it notes around somewhere, or create something ephemeral just for you, but that is in your medium or related to your passions and content but doesn't require a big effort, a lot of time, or anybody to approve of it. I will also say, after I had a memoir that was four years and 500 pages in the making, completely fizzle, then wrote another book proposal, kind of taking some ideas that had emerged from the memoir, pitched it to my agent. She and her entire agency turned it down. I then had the breakthrough for my last book, Why Bother? So sometimes just like I'm going for it and then I'm going for it again, I'm going for it again, like a kind of a dogged determination really, really helps. I remember after the second book that rose out of the memoir got turned down, I went for a run and I must have looked like a crazy person because I'm running along going, nobody gets to dim my shine. Nobody gets to decide my career. I'm going to do this without them. I'm going to self-publish. And I did end up self-publishing. Why bother? Partly because of that. But I just, I, I really immediately tapped into my determination that there was some important ideas here. There was some important stories that I really wanted to tell. I do think that just determination can sometimes carry us too, but we want to be careful that we're not burning ourselves out or pushing out of a place of I'll show you. Although honestly, I'll show you has gotten me most of the things I've created in my life. And someone's told me you can't do it. And I'm like, I'll show you. If it works for you, do it. I think the final thought I have about disappointment and rejection in creative life is it's really an incredible opportunity, painful and it sucks, but an incredible opportunity to open your heart to yourself and to other creatives. Every single creative has experienced disappointment and rejection, even the people you see at the top of their fields, maybe even more so because they took more risks. They kept creating. They always began again. And we can decide that we are broken and alone and cracked and stupid or whatever your story is. Mine's always that I'm stupid. 
Or we can say, I am part of this community. We can reach out to friends, to mentors. We can read stories and interviews so we feel less alone. But we can also breathe in to our heartbreak, to our anger, our sadness, shame. And remember that, yeah, I can think of lots of people that I know that have experienced this and are experiencing it right now. I'm not alone. I am united. This is part of the creative work. And extend empathy to them. And then include yourself in that circle of empathy. Really let yourself feel, ouch, this hurts. Ouch, I don't want this. Ouch, this hurts for them. Ouch, I don't want this. And nevertheless, this is how things are right now. I think we get stuck in the disappointments and rejections because we don't feel the disappointment and the rejection and the sadness. Let it move through us. We clump it up with judgments about our future, the value of our work. And I also think that we let it isolate us. And that's the last thing we want to do. Okay, I lied. I said that was the last thing I was going to say about disappointment and rejection. But I'm going to say one more thing, which is sometimes it's a great opportunity to learn. I know, go ahead, blip me a bird. But it's a great moment to bring in the growth mindset. I know when I was younger as a creative and I got rejected, I remember my first TV job, you know, I got a story by credit, the whole thing got rewritten and I was just horrified and, oh my God, everybody's going to watch it and see, I just got a story by credit. Why wasn't my screenplay good enough? Instead, I really could have invoked the growth mindset. Okay, what happened here? Let me talk to the producer. Let me talk to maybe the other writer who rewrote it. Let me see what I can learn here because there's always opportunity to grow and learn more than I can imagine. I have the ability, you have the ability to grow, to learn, to practice, to expand, to improve in ways we can't even imagine. Fact in our creative work. Now, it's not a fact that I'm going to become a super fast runner, for example. I have physical limitations, so do you. There's lots and lots of limitations in life. And there's lots of places where we shut down into the fixed mindset. This is all I've got. And this rejection, this failure, this, you know, whatever, it proves this is all I've got. No, it doesn't. All it proves is... Nothing, actually nothing, because there is no proving in the creative life. There's opinions, there's luck, there's opportunities, there's timing. But if there's something you want to take out of it to learn as a way to identify, for example, a deliberate practice, how you pitch your work, how you present it, how you talk about it, who you take it to, lots and lots of things that you could break down and take some different actions on. But don't use it as an indication that you should quit. That's the fixed mindset. And that is always, always, always a lie. Now, if you choose to quit because you're tired or because that idea or that avenue or that venue or that discipline no longer holds energy or desire for you, fantastic. That's really different. What are you going to take away from this episode? What are you going to put into your creative toolkit? I hope you'll just take the words always begin again. And I hope you'll take the truth that there is no arbitrator of your creative future. Nobody gets to decide. And I hope you'll also take away that it's not about consistency for consistency's sake. It's about realizing that life is rough and tumble, throwing stuff at you all the time. And don't be a victim, but realize that creating consistently or, you know, in some kind of idealized fashion, if it doesn't work for you, throw it away. But wait, who is next week? It is Maria Tatar, the author of A Heroine with 1001 Faces. 
Maria is a professor at Harvard in folklore and mythology, and she's written an absolutely fascinating, important book that I have been waiting for since I was a reader, as they used to call us, at Creative Artist Agency back in the 80s. You may wonder why I've been waiting for this book for so long, but you're going to have to listen next week to find out, and you're going to love what you hear. But, But hey, you know what? I didn't notice a present from you during the holidays. I felt a little bit, you know, left out and forgotten. But it's not too late. You can write me a review or share this episode with a friend, a colleague who needs to begin again in their own creative life. What a wonderful gift. Forget New Year's resolutions and all that stuff that doesn't matter. Creating is what brings us alive and brings us meaning. So share an episode, shoot me a review, tune in next week for Maria and the heroine with a thousand and one faces. And in the meantime, you know what you're going to do. Create out loud.